0: This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.
1: Every day, many of our nation's most vulnerable workers put on their armor to go to work. These essential workers are keeping our lights on, restocking our shelves with food, and battling COVID-19 on the front lines. Now more than ever, they deserve our protection and thanks. That's why during the pandemic, Pond Lee Hockey is working around the clock to help protect these workers and fight for their rights. Call Pond Lee Hockey's COVID-19 hotline to help you and your loved ones with your legal needs during the pandemic at 267-606-4343. Now on Talk Radio
2: 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now.
3: Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Gierdano. Talk, listen,
2: and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with G. Doc and Krause.
3: Early edition of The Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We welcome everyone into the live broadcast as we uh, join you tonight from 4 p. to 6 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, along with my partner, J-Doc I'm Joe Kraus, and J-Doc, great two hours uh, of information. We're going to cover a lot of ground uh, over the next two hours, uh, and a lot of conversation and a lot of very important topics uh, that are very very specific to the union community.
4: Absolutely, Joe. We do have a great show planned. Uh, first hour, uh, of course, we got Joe Wyndham, president, GCC IBT uh, 16N. That's the printers union in Philadelphia. That uh, they do the uh, Daily News and Inquirer, and then and then we got our good friend Brad Sadek. and, and then of course at at, at five o'clock. Uh, John Doherty, uh, you know, is going to take us home for the whole entire hour. So we do have a great show and and, and certainly so much to talk about. Uh, This was a massive, massive week.
3: Yeah, no Uh, doubt about it. Not only I mean, not only for the union community, but for the entire country with the changing of the guard uh, at D.C. and now President Biden uh, occupying the White House. Um at sixteen hundred pennsylvania avenue the ramifications of that the uh... what will occur what will happen uh... we saw the immediate signature of the pipeline uh, occur. Uh, I think that was on day one on the Keystone Pipeline. So there's a lot of conversation that uh, we will uh, cover and we'll do our very best, J-Doc, to uh, cover as much as we can uh, in the t- next two hours. And I also want to tease for the listening audience, J-Doc, uh, or J-Doc a big announcement coming uh, by the union community. We'll have that later on in the show, the return of the All-Star Labor Classic, and we'll provide lots of details coming. Uh, coming up a little bit later on in the broadcast.
4: Absolutely, Joe. Before we start, I want to send out thoughts and prayers uh, for Ted Kirsch, longtime Philadelphia Teachers Union uh, president who died at age 81. Uh, Ted was a a great friend, not only to the PFT, but to Labor, Uh, a member of Clue. uh, At the same time, he's been on our radio show countless times. Last time he was on was, uh, you know, when we were at Sinesta. So on behalf of the entire Labor community, um, thoughts and prayers to, you know, to the family of Ted Kirshen. Uh, I'm going to miss Ted, a great
3: man and a great man of labor. Yeah, no, I certainly remember, our, you know, one of our very last or one of our f- last labor leader roundtables, which were live and in person uh, at the Sinesta. Um and we were, and Ted was able to be there and be part of uh, be part of that. Uh, show so sentiments well uh, well stated and well respected.
4: Yeah, he was he was uh, the uh, president of uh, before Jerry Jordan in Philadelphia, but then also went on to the uh, Pennsylvania uh, teachers union. So it's uh, very important and a figure in our in our community. Uh, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, obviously we weren't on air for for Martin Luther King Day, but want to give a mention uh, on Monday. Martin Luther King not only a great civil rights leader, but also as much a labor leader and an advocate for for labor as anybody in our history. His words uh, that were said so long ago would, are, are, are as relevant today as they were back then when, on, on topics like right to work and also. And
3: let me add into that, J. Doc, we had Pat Iding with uh, the President's Hour um, the weekend leading into uh, that Monday. And, you know, it was a day that you reflect uh, about that entire history and also uh, also a big day for the labor community. The labor community spends an, a tremendous amount of time uh, on that Monday doing community service, doing community events, uh, doing what they do on a daily basis and a monthly basis and a yearly basis.
4: Well no, no doubt about it. It's a, it's 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 a it's a big deal. So, um but you know, one of the things we're going to, you know, I'm I'm ecstatic to have uh we're talking about, you know, the the, the news media and and um obviously our newspapers and I'm ecstatic to to bring on to the show, not only a great friend, uh, but, but a, an outstanding labor leader, Joe Winnemar, who's the president of, of GCC, uh, International Brotherhood of Teamsters, Local 16N, Gravels Communication Conference. Uh, Joe, how are you, sir?
5: Pretty good, Joe. Pretty good. Thank you for inviting me on your great show.
4: Well, we appreciate it, Joe. We, we, we went down the list, and you were the only guy left, so we, <laughs> we, we, were, we were really thankful that you could do it. <laughs> let, me, let me just, no, hold on, Joe, wait a second. Joe's one of the, not only one of the great labor leaders, but also one of the funniest guys in the business, so I beat him to it. So how do you like that, Joe?
5: Yeah, you beat me to it, yeah.
4: <laughs> so um, if you would, real quick, tell our listeners who you represent, who your members are, and what they do.
5: Yes. Uh, The Graphic Communications Conference, first of all, is uh, part of the Teamsters. Uh, We merged in with them back in 2006 because of uh, declining uh, labor uh, unions in printing, because printing's been taking a hit for the last 15, 20 years. Um, I've been president of Local 16 uh, in my 21st year. I just got reelected. I've been president of District Council Nine for the past ten years, and uh, we represent printing industry in general, uh, from newspapers, corrugated boxes, especially of um, of uh, labels, your credit cards with the uh, all the secret data in there, uh, secret service uh, documentations, even including the money in your wallet. The dollar bills, the tens, the fives, the hundreds. We do that every day.
4: So you can get me some fifth you can get me some fifties if I ask.
5: Yeah, sure. I mean, and I'll get you a nice pink uh or, or orange jumpsuit to go with
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I'll forego that. Give out to Krause. Um so 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 Joe, um obviously you mentioned you know, you guys have been taking a hit and yes. obviously it's been difficult in the face of all your efforts and your members uh, talk about what's been going on with, with, you know, with the members and 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 the layoffs, and, and because it's been a pretty difficult time.
5: Yeah, the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer in itself um, as dates all the way back to 1829, and through a series of mergers over the years, at one point they were the oldest daily paper in the country. Currently, they're the third. Uh, Just to give you an example, when I first started at the Inquirer, their daily circulation was around 800,000. Their Sunday uh, circulation was about 1.3 million. Today, it's barely 100,000. The daily is barely 50,000. And it's a decline in readership. It's hurt the Philadelphia Inquirer to the point where they announced back in October. They were going to outsource the entire paper to another newspaper, close the printing facility up in Conchahokan, and sell the building. Um, just to give you a round idea, back in 1993, they built that plant at a cost of $300 million. $155 million were for nine printing presses, which were four stories high. The most latest and updated newspaper presses in the world. Today, of those nine, four basically just sit there idle. That goes to show you the decline in the newspaper industry. And it's going to cause a layoff of 500 people that are associated with that printing facility in Conchahokken, 54 of which are my members, they're going to outsource the paper to the Courier Post located over in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Fortunately, I have a contract with the with the uh, paper over there. It's a was a Gannett paper, now it's a Gatehouse. Gatehouse just recently purchased Gannett, although they're going to retain the name. But they only have a couple of presses over there, and they're only going to be able to accommodate eight of the 54 people. <laughs> and just to give you uh, another... Um, spin on it. The Reading Eagle uh, went bankrupt not too long ago. The Pittsburgh Post Gazette, which is part of our District Council 9, is now down to just two days of printing. The rest is online. The, the um, Allentown Morning Call recently closed and outsourced their paper, causing a massive layoff. And it's just a series of uh, papers going out of business or or outsourcing. The uh, Newsday up in Long Island a year and a half ago outsourced its paper and laid off everybody. San Francisco Chronicle closed down and outsourced their paper to everybody. And it's uh, one after another, after another, after another. To give you another example, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about 10 years ago, had an experiment. They put a 1,000 papers every day for one month in the various dorms around the colleges. At the end of that 30-day period, approximately 992 papers just sat there unread. Today, you look at your children, your grandchildren, they don't read papers. They got their head down in their little phones, iPads, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. The only people that are buying papers today are the elderly people, and they're dying off. So there will be a newspaper, but it'll be very small, and only the mighty, mighty big papers will survive, like the New York Times, which is currently purchasing and outsourcing uh, these papers into their products because the New York Times is declining in their circulation. It's a sad, sad day for the newspapers. And I have 54 people I'm looking for work, so if anybody has any work out there, let me know. But um, it's it's. I never thought this day would come. But back in the 50s, the, the newspaper, when I started, in the 60s, the newspaper business was king. Today, we're at the bottom of the rung.
3: Joe Inimer joining us here uh, on the Labor Show with J. Doc uh, and Krause. Uh, Joe, to further... Give the audience uh, and the listening audience a real perspective uh, of the point. Uh, You mentioned the eight circulation of eight hundred thousand at one point for the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Sunday. Uh, the coveted Sunday paper with the sections and the thickness of that paper, which I carried in my young days on a big wagon for many, right. many years, delivering exactly. those one point uh, three million circulation. at that point in its heyday, how many workers uh, were part of the local to and were actually providing and producing, Uh, that amount of, uh, you know, that amount for distribution?
5: Well, in the uh, Inquirer, we had close to 400 people in the press room. Today we have, like I mentioned, 54, and that's for both papers, including the Philadelphia Daily News. And I failed to mention the Philadelphia Bulletin, which was the big rival of the Inquirer. They had a Sunday circulation of 800,000. Or 600,000 and a, a daily circulation of 800 in 1982, that disappeared. And we, we, the Inquirer picked it up. <laughs> and they lost that over a period of years. So you can see the decline in the papers' readership. Everything so, is online now.
3: When, 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 you know. W- we're going to go to break, Joe. Yeah, we'll go to break go ahead, but I'm going, to break. I'm going to take us to break. But tee them up.
4: Yeah, I would, wanted to talk about when, when, when you come back, uh, technology and actually individuals out there. You talk about the young people; they're so used to getting things for free. They're actually there's actually a, a price to pay for the paper online. Uh, when we come back after the break, I'd like to talk about that to see if it's even gone that far. Right.
3: This is the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we come to you live. We're live and local on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. More with Joe Inamer after the break.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk. I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-Labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
3: And we're back here live with The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on a Saturday night. It's an early edition, J. Doc, of... Uh, the labor show. Our normal time every Saturday night is normally six to eight p.m. We bookend because of basketball uh, today, and we're right in the middle of a good conversation with a good friend of yours, Joe uh, Inamir, and uh, he's one of the few guys that answers your phone. Uh, answers the phone. When, uh, actually, he doesn't answer the phone when you call him. It goes to voicemail, but he does call you back.
4: Well. You know he is he, he he he's he's got a heart and that's what's important and I thought that's why we were starting at four o'clock because that's Joe Inemir's schedule for crying out loud, <laughs> um, Joe. We talked, obviously the young people are not buying papers and um, are they actually paying uh, for the the subscription online? They're so used to getting everything for free. Uh, it would surprise me if them in particular were even doing that. Is that do you know about that stat?
5: Challenge first of all, uh, not only the inquiry but a lot of major newspapers. When the internet first came out, they used to give you all that for nothing. You could read uh, tidbits of the news of the day on paper on on the online. Today they want to charge. <laughs> People sort of rebelled about that, but yeah, there is a charge per month. It's certainly a lot cheaper than. Uh, The paper subscription, because, you know, with paper subscriptions, you're paying for ink, presses, labor, you know, machinery where it's a lot cheaper uh, electronically. But, yeah, they are hitting the younger people for subscriptions, but it's very, 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 very slow progress.
3: You know, having said that, um, you know. Joe, quick question real quick. When they sell that building. In Conshohocken, what will they do with those big printers or those big, all of that big technology?
5: Well, it's a, it's a shame. As I mentioned earlier, it was $155 million. Today, with all these various newspapers closing, um, they have so many presses and storage and parts, they don't know what to do with them. The sad part is the new owner. Uh, whoever it is, I understand that there's an agreement of sale, and they're going to announce that very shortly. They are going to just uh, scrap them. That's all. They'll scrap them. A few newspapers have come to the Inquirer looking for a few spare parts, but other than that, they're just going to hit the face of the welder's torch.
4: What is your relationship with the ownership of uh, the Daily News and Inquirer?
5: Pretty good, Joe. And I have to say over the years, because um, we're honest, we worked hard with them, we sacrificed with them, we gave when we had to give, and numerous times, believe it or not, Joe, we saved the building because those presses went up on fire a few times, and it took all hands to put that fire out before the fire engines got on site. That's the dedication our people have. And if you look at the years of service, 35, 40, nothing, 36, 30. When you had a job at the Inquirer, you had a job for life.
4: And you it's know, coming Joe, to an end. Having said that, it's a non-profit status they got there yes. you know, with, with the news. Is there any, you talk about non-profit status, is there any, how does that affect
5: uh, the printers? I, I really don't know. Uh, Jerry Lenfest, God bless his soul, um, Started this. It's the only. It's the largest nonprofit paper in the country. They rely on uh, big businesses, you know, like uh, Verizon, AT and T, to make contributions. Uh, also, individual donors. That is where they're getting their money. The rest of it is really um, in circulation, and there's not much in circulation anymore. So they're really relying on these. Cont- contributors
4: when you talk about um i have that membership and i know you're as big an advocate on behalf of your members as i know uh you're that passionate and uh, talk about obviously the spirit of your membership the sentiments it's been such a difficult time you talk about individuals um who have worked there for obviously decades and decades and decades um Especially those individuals that might be caught between—they're not ready to retire, yeah—but um, they get and they could get pinched in this. What, what what do you tell them?
5: Well, I tell them to keep the faith. It's easier said than done, but these men are professionals, and to this moment, they are going to work every day, printing that paper in a first-class manner because they're good union people, and it's. Just reflects on what unionism is. We built this country, most of it through union support and union help, and that's the pride they put in this paper. But it's difficult for some that can retire <clears throat> because, thank goodness, we have good pensions. But for those fellows that are in the 50s, it's going to be a struggle. I have a relative in the plant myself. It's in that same category, and it's tough. Um, and unemployment right now uh, is, t- as you can see, the unemployment line is going out the, the door into the, around the corner, just signing up. So it's a tough, tough situation. I'm trying to negotiate, along with the other 10 unions, a severance package that can hold them over for quite a while. And we are working with the company on this. And to be fair, they are trying to work out something um, in appreciation for all the years of service that these unions put in making this paper the great paper that it is,
3: Joe. At one point, the union will not exist, at least in the at least in its current form. Right?
5: It's it's getting harder. It's harder and harder. And thank goodness that now we have a change of the guard down in Washington. But unfortunately, the former president left his mark. If you look at the Supreme Court, um, they're not friendly towards unions. And the current batch is now a lifetime. They're going to be there for a lot of years. But I'm confident that Joe Biden and his group will try their best to turn things around. It's going to be a slow process. But I still believe in unions. And I believe people will rally around the unions. You can see a small increase in unionism because if you look god how can anybody work in some of these non-union sweatshops and not even think about a union we're going joe, to make a comeback
4: and 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 joe did the um you talk about the previous administration did they uh did they have a uh you know a role in this situation that it was such a difficult situation with media there was such a combative
5: situation constantly yes
4: False you know, news,
5: I, yeah, fake news. Um, I don't think that led to the demise of the inquiry closing down or being outsourced. But yeah, he put a negative spin on on newsprint. I mean, on the news stories, which makes some people believe that you can't trust everything you read in the paper, and it could affect readership.
3: Having to, to said what extent, that, I don't know. But well, well, the only or the or the opposite occurred it it drove people to the art, it drove people to desire or crave the information the only difference is they went and secured they went online to get it
4: yeah uh, i mean that's possible if you th- i mean i know you've been you know working incredibly hard at this situation um, and you know it, things just you know you're a smart guy um any possible solutions? Political government? Uh, yeah, obviously, grants for you know that might help the nonprofit and 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 provide a paper. Um, yes, you, you know, I mean, is there any? Have you thought of any? Uh, this is a stupid question in some cases. No, I'm it's sure. not a
5: stupid question because I think that's the way out. Uh, grants. The the government could grant some type of grants, or again, some of the well-to-do people that have money they can afford to make these grants.
4: You know, yes. it's amazing, Joe. You talk about um about the newspaper in in in, in value, and I sit here and and uh, you know you, you you talk about the advertisements, the coupons, and stuff like that. This this is you know we're having an off cuff conversation on there. but first thing that comes to my mind is. You know, you, coupons and stuff like that, value that you might not be able to get online, that might be certain, something that you can get in the newspaper. Anything of value that that people would be attracted to and, and, and could have in their hands. I mean, obviously, you're doing everything that you possibly can. Um, but, you know, brainstorming, I, I imagine you've done more brainstorming than anybody in the world on this issue because you could see it coming.
5: Yeah, uh, well, I... Not just me, but those that really analyzed the business, I saw it coming. I thought the Inquirer, but I thought it was good for another three years. But it, I was wrong on that count. But I saw it coming. And There will always be a newspaper, but it won't be to the extent that you and I knew growing up. But the best news is that the news that is given by reputable reporters that report the news as it happened and not by somebody who wants to twist the news around and make people believe that's what really happened. Thank goodness for this country. It's free. And I think most of our reporters at the Inquirer that I know, and I know quite a number of them, are outstanding people They print the truth. You may not always like the version of what they're putting out there, but they try to put out a clean, honest paper for people to read and make their own opinion on.
4: Well, Joe, listen, man, um, you know you have our support and our voice. Uh, We appreciate all the hard work and the advocating on behalf of your members, and we're here for you. If you need us, um, you're the best. You know we love you. And, obviously, we thank you for being on the broadcast, my Well, friend.
5: it's like this, Joe. We just got hit with a punch. We're down, but we're going to get up before the 10 count.
3: Absolutely. I love it. Great stuff. Joe Inamer joining us here uh, starting the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we're live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll talk with you on the other side. Thank you, Joe.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420.
4: We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan
6: way to find solutions to what really is not working.
3: Back here on the Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause again. Special thanks, J. Dock, to Joe Inemer uh, for joining us. Kind of a tough conversation to have uh, with the man who's been doing it for a long, long time. I keep looking at the numbers uh, that I jotted down listening to Joe in our conversation. Listen, reality is reality. I get it, um, and I'm a, and, and I'm still one of the. Old heads that still reads the newspaper. Sure, um, eight hundred thousand daily circulation, one point three million. The big old Sunday paper. Sure, I remember rolling into, uh, you know, rolling in in the morning paper where it was the, not only the Bulletin and the inquiry and the Daily News, the Philadelphia Journal was Number, in, yeah, uh, was in the mix. The, uh, the the New York Daily News, all these different papers at one point enjoyed. What was a spirited heyday and 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 a way for the public to get information today? That reality is is not is not real anymore.
4: No, I know, and it's hard to believe. Really is that we would you know? And Joe said there always going to be a paper. And by the way, he's not thrown in the towel by any. Oh no,
3: no, 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 no. I, I mean,
4: he's you know, he's a, a fighter, and he's somebody who cares about the newspaper business and his members. But it's it's just. Hard to believe that uh, any city would not uh, the size of Philadelphia wouldn't have a hard-copy newspaper. Well, by the way, we've had award-winning writers. I mean, the Daily News and the Inquirer, you mentioned all the other papers here from years ago, um, across the board, very fortunate in this city. I can't imagine Philadelphia, one of the biggest cities in the country, not having a a, 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 a fruitful newspaper uh, that our people can actually hold in touch. I get it. You know, we want to, you know, you, you get to turn your computer on. You, you can go to philly.com and, and, and learn and, and, you know, get your news in an instant or whatever. But the bottom line is there's nothing like holding the newspaper, getting a cup of coffee. Uh, you know, I mean, at, 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 you know, I want to, at work, you know, reading the newspaper at break time. It's at, at just coffee not time. the way
3: it is anymore, man. It's, well, crazy. It, it's crazy. I wish that it were, you yep. know. but uh, By the way, I like my not. idea about the, uh, I like
4: my idea about the coupons and
3: And the value. Well, I like what you said. Joe's a fighter. Um, He'll figure out how to continue to support uh, his members, lead his members. Uh, And I was glad to hear Joe say. I was uh, glad to hear him say um, that ownership was working with him um, to find a way to work on a on a uh, on a meaningful severance. Uh, for a lot of the the um, a lot of the members that provided some unbelievable unconditional support to doing the job to this day, doing the job at the highest level, yeah. which, which is what union workers do.
4: No question about it. And, and you know, you heard what he said. The last thing he said was, we might be down, but we're clearly not out.
3: Uh, A couple of minutes before the break, and then Brad Sadek's going to join us on the other side uh, of the break. On the way in, J-Doc, I talked about uh, the return of the All-Star Labor Classic, and that date is now scheduled. Now, you've... You know that uh, I think it's the greatest fundraising event in the city of Philadelphia, and it, it has been for 33 years now. Sure. Uh, Sunday, April 18th at Germantown Academy in Fort Washington, which is in Montgomery County. Uh, details on the starting time to follow, and of course, uh, depending on the pandemic, we'll um, Uh, We'll see how everything plays out. Um, The the event was canceled last year. Now, what is the All-Star Labor Classic? The very best high school athletes, girls and boys, from the city versus the very best high school athletes, girls and boys, from the suburbs come together, play an all-star basketball game, and 100% All the proceeds are donated to MS, the National um, MS Society right here in the Delaware Valley. And think about that. Not 94% or 95%. They give a a check for $150,000 away as a donation. Really a spectacular day. I mean, it's unbelievable. And
4: in a cumulative sense, it's been millions and millions. Oh, my God. It's
3: well over $3 million. I
4: mean, it's unbelievable. And it's one of those uh, events where everybody wins. uh, Obviously, the contributions to MS is a big deal. It's so important, number one. So hopefully those stricken with MS, obviously you know that you know we find a cure number one, and 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 at least resources to help those with it. But also the kids playing in the actual uh, tournament, uh, the you know they get scouts, college scouts, opportunities for college scholarships, but they also get to know what they're a part of also. And and we've talked about it before, a lot of young kids who've never um, you know had to, you know, the opportunity, obviously to. Uh, be up close and personal with uh, some of these younger people who who are stricken with MS, get the opportunity to show what they're making a difference in. And so it's really, Joe, like we've talked about many times, and labor does an amazing, amazing job. John Doherty, the the entire community uh, does an amazing job at, at, at continually putting this together, uh, and it's been going on, like you said, for 30 years. Up in the background here in the Wayne studio, Miller does an amazing job.
3: Amazing job. And up here in the up in the background of the uh, studio, we've got the Villanova game uh, that's up on uh, the monitors. Colin Gillespie with the basketball right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Colin Gillespie played uh, in that All-Star Labor Classic. Sure. So the very best athletes from the Delaware Valley, from the Philadelphia region, also play in this game, and
4: we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Pat Gillespie, uh, who's always been a you know a, a, the former head uh, head of the building trades in Philadelphia before John Doherty. Unbelievably passionate, we we've we've been at um, we've been at uh, Wayne Miller's place, and and remember we did the show live from from the banquet there, and it was just a great, very festive atmosphere, and we've talked about it. Like we said, it's a win-win situation, Joe, for everybody. And the kids benefit incredibly. You get, and by the way, you get to watch some great basketball. And then the labor leaders get the opportunity to, to play in a game, um, not quite the quality of game as, as the high school kids, but still a fun game to watch. And and just it, it, it's it, it, a great entertainment
3: if anybody wants to go check it yeah, out. Yeah, no doubt about that. And again, I don't want to be premature with any of the information. The date has been set. Um, we'll see how everything plays out here in the opening uh, first few months uh, of uh, 2021. Um, but the uh, sun coming up the horizon on the other side, and we hope there a game will be played the all-star labor classic and i'm super excited that it is back we'll get to a commercial break here jay doc um and then uh finish up on the other side of our number one uh with brad sadek he'll be along uh, and we'll talk with brad and then transitioning uh out of brad sadek into our number two one hour with john doherty all of that in front of us back in a moment
0: Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are brought to you by IBEW Local 98, DC 33, Local 1637, District 1199C, and News Guild 10.
3: Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we roll along here live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, our number one uh, of the two-hour show, J. Doc, It's an early edition of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We're here till 6 o'clock leading uh, into uh, basketball on Talk Radio 1210
4: WPHT. Absolutely, Joe. And, and we've got a great uh, closing state uh, segment for the first hour. And it's uh, happy to have on the program Brad Sadek, founder and managing partner at Saduck and Cooper. Uh, they are uh, responsible for the Philly Labor Debt Relief Program. They do such a great job with uh, different union members, and it's difficult times. So obviously, we know that. Brad, how are you, sir? Welcome
6: to the program. Very good, guys. Good afternoon, early evening. Um, uh, I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Doing good. Doing All
3: good, Brad. Thanks for being here. Glad uh, glad that you were listed on the lineup today, and uh, uh, appreciate uh, joining us.
6: I really uh, liked um, hearing about, you know, the, you know, the charity of MS. It's actually something that's uh, very close to me. And uh, for the past over 10 years now, I've actually done the MS city to shore bike ride. It acts, it starts in uh cherry Hill. It ends in ocean city and there's many stops along the way. They do a fantastic job. Um, you know, of course, of, charity but also making the event fun and exciting and it's a it's a long ride um i've actually never rode back and of course last year they didn't have it and hopefully this year they will but um You know, thanks for talking about
3: that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just so you understand my connection to it, my wife was diagnosed uh, with a severe case of it back in 2016. And that was the first, our first experience or exposure uh, to MS. So uh, the last, this will be the third year now for the All Star Labor Classic donating those proceeds from the all-star labor classic basketball game uh to the philadelphia chapter uh of the m uh, of ms and it's uh i know that those funds are utilized well and they certainly do uh they certainly do go a long way
4: absolutely Joe, joe and 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 certainly um you know it's it's a great cause we're all proud to be a part of it brad um you know, right now we're we're yeah we're, uh, you know, we just the, the new year's upon us, uh, and there's a lot going on. You know, obviously the pandemic is not it's not only not let up it's 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 gotten worse and spiked. Uh, are there any yeah. changes? Let, let's talk about that in, in relation to it. Are there any changes in store for those suffering financially with the new yeah. presidential administration?
6: Well, it's only been four days, but um, there are some you know new laws that can help people out there. And, you know, at least we have now, I mean, we've been speaking since the beginning of this, at least there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, with the vaccine and uh, herd immunity and hopefully, you know, by the summer, fall, you know, um, things will get back to our new normal. Um, You know, it's only been four days, but already we've seen some progress to help people, you know, that are in financial distress. Um, First of all, student loans. Um, And when I say student loans, I mean federally backed student loans. Um, Payments are forbeared through September of this year. Um, So, you know, that's extended quite a bit. And uh, Biden, of course, he was instrumental in doing so. Evictions were slated to begin um, in March of this year, they've already been pushed back to April of this year. But there's there's starting to be a very strong lobbying group on behalf of landlords. You know, most landlords are not, you know, they're not corporations. They're mom and pops that you know are renting out the bottom of their duplex. And if you had somebody that was delinquent on their rent all the way back from let's say October or November of 2019 and they were not evicted prior to the pandemic, those, you know, people are still living, you know, in these uh, in the premises that's owned by, you know, the mom and pop that are, you know, just have a few rental properties or maybe one rental property You know, so what they're saying is, well, the government is forcing us to provide a public benefit. You know, the food stores don't have to give away food. So there's that, you know, lobbying effort where and it's getting stronger and stronger as it organizes more and more. And as the landlords aren't getting money back, Um, you know, so hopefully, you know, sooner than later, as more and more people are getting back to work, um, and they are, you know, that can be worked out and those landlords can get the help that they need and, you know, the tenants got the time, you know, that they need as well. So there, there are changes.
3: Yeah, it's, um, it's and it, Brad, it's very hard to, I mean, it's a crazy scenario because both ends of the example that you just provided are affect it in 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 some ways in the same way and then in other ways in very different ways the landlord wants the money
4: uh, like they brad, can't get the money like brad said though some of these landlords are, this isn't a stereotypical corporate landlord no some of them need the need the tenant money so they can afford
3: the rent yeah no absolutely. i mean they're, they're mortgage the yeah exactly
6: yeah, and, and that's and that's the problem. And with mortgage foreclosures, you know, especially if they don't have an FHA mortgage, you know, mortgage foreclosures, and it's on a county by county basis. You know, if you're in Montgomery County, you know, it doesn't matter if it's your primary residence or it is an investment property. If you're in Montgomery County, they are doing online sales for non FHA insured homes um, and they're using a website. The website is called bid for assets. And this is gonna become the norm. I mean, sheriff sales were always, you know, they announced the name of the property and people hold up a stick and they, they bid on, you know, in the old fashioned sense, they bid on properties. Well, you know, that's not going to be the case anymore. Um, it is all going to be virtual and you know philadelphia is planning to do that starting in april and bucks county and delaware county are following suit as well and so is new jersey so you know hopefully these landlords don't end up losing their property right you know we've already assisted a lot of you know homeowners and investment property owners as well to keep their homes um And at the same time, we've helped, you know, we've also helped people that are tenants in properties, you know, repay the rent that they are behind, you know, giving them a program by, you know, getting them the most important commodity that we have, time, time to repay so they don't have to move. So when school starts up again, you know, and it's not online you know that their their kids are going to the same school as their friends, and people can stay put, which they've been very accustomed to doing.
4: Brad, real quick, um, thirty seconds. Thirty seconds, real quick. Okay. What options? What options are available to those uh, people who are in financial? You, you
6: know, you wanted to mention that, so I wanted to throw it there real quick. It, 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 no problem. It depends on the situation, but we do foreclosure defense. We do bankruptcy, Chapter 7 and Chapter 13, and we also do credit defense. Um, You know, although foreclosures and evictions have slowed, uh, we had talked about the other week, credit card lawsuits are through the roof right now. Um, It's one of the only election efforts that has momentum, and we're helping a lot of people defend you know, the collection actions and working out deals if it lacks a meritorious, if they lack a meritorious defense to the action itself.
3: Brad Sadek, founder and managing partner, Sadek and Cooper, uh, helping us provide the fastest eight minutes in radio, J-Doc. Brad, thank you, sir. We'll get to a commercial break here in hour number one. John Doherty on the other side.
0: Of tonight's edition of the Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739 DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management.
1: Every day, many of our nation's most vulnerable workers put on their armor to go to work. These essential workers are keeping our lights on, restocking our shelves with food, and battling COVID-19 on the front lines. Now more than ever, they deserve our protection and thanks. That's why during the pandemic, Pond Lee Hockey is working around the clock to help protect these workers and fight for their rights. Call Pond Lee Hockey's COVID-19 hotline to help you and your loved ones with your legal needs during the pandemic at 267-606-4343. Now on Talk Radio
4: 1210, WPHT,
2: WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Dock and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now.
3: Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano.
2: Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause.
3: Hour number two of the big show as an early edition here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210, uh, WPHT, as we roll along J. Doc into uh, hour number two. The one and only John Doherty will be with us for uh, the full hour. We're going to cover a lot of ground uh, with John. There's a lot obviously happening with the change of uh, the administration uh, this past week. And there's a lot of ramifications from that. And there's a lot of updated information uh, that John will be able to help us uh, talk about and understand that's very very relevant to the union community oh my
4: god absolutely so much to talk about with john always able to have john Dougherty on the, on the show well, one and only Mi- brother. <laughs> hold on i missed the food of course when john was our host uh you know not only do i miss being on my toes for the whole entire show, praying to God I could join the conversation in, in an adequate fashion, but I missed the food, man. So, hey, John, how you doing, my friend? Good, guys. How's everything?
2: Happy New Year.
3: Yep, same to you, John. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate you joining us for uh, the uh, full hour uh, tonight, and a lot to cover, uh, John, Lot, uh, a lot happening. I, there always is. Um, under uh, your leadership, there's uh, a lot that you're doing that we don't even know about in terms of trying to make progress in support uh, of workers. Where do you want to begin? What's the best place uh, to begin? The With the new administration, what will that mean? What will that look like? What do you hope uh, will occur here over the first hundred days of the Biden administration?
2: Well, number one, having just bouncing back from having COVID myself and my whole family, I'll tell you, I was rocked for a better part of three weeks. You know, it was a, I had the COVID pneumonia and so did Celia. It was a terrible three weeks. You know, thank God I felt worse than she did. Uh, so, you know, just having, you know, some genuine leadership at the top addressing the COVID issue, you know, and anyone who has experienced it will tell you. I've had conversation with three or four people. I still have the fatigue factor, and we're well, I'm in the eighth week, so I, it's a serious disease and it needs to be addressed. And it has, you know, I don't know if it'll ever go away, but it it can be put under control. And uh, I think it starts with the mask and you know the separation and the hands staying clean. And, you know, no one has been a louder advocate of the simple resolves than me. You know, every chance I get, every, you know, every single text and email I sent out for weeks, I sent myself out, with a mask on, you know, when it was election time, I had the mask that said vote when it, when it was uh, prior to that, I had the mask on and said, keep the mask on. I mean, and then you come down with it. It's pretty bad. So, you know, I know, you know, President Biden has, and his whole organization, uh, has decided that this definitely will be addressed. You know, it's, it, it affects the economy. It affects everything, you know. I mean, take a look at Philadelphia. Take a look at the hospitality industry. We were staggering, you know, from the beginning of it. But, you know, with the continuation and the spread and the increase, and, you know, it's, it's become a major economic issue, too. So, you know, I'm glad to see that will be part of, uh, you know, his early agenda, and he campaigned on that. And, you know, some might say it was the deciding factor in the election, you know, I mean, at, at no time, you know, uh, you know, Biden, you know, versus Trump, and, and he, and basically, Biden made it a, a hot issue, and Trump ignored it. And John, could let me ask you.
4: Having said that, um, y- you had it. Um, one of the most difficult parts of this entire pandemic has been the political football uh, that is, uh, you know, taking place in 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 the process. Some people, you know, on the far right, think it's. Uh, or, you know, you know, they'll see that they're not, they're against masks. They think it's a political football. Uh, but when you had it, okay, you speak from the horse's mouth. And this may sound crazy, but what were your symptoms like? How, how did it feel? Did it feel like anything else? So many people were sitting there, no, oh, it's just a bad cold. It's just a bad flu. Does it remind you of anything you've had in your lifetime?
2: No, it was a combination. Of, it, was, it felt like your lungs were crushed. You know, it felt like uh, you know I, I've never had pneumonia and any, and I've had a ton of things in my life. I had scarlet fever when I was a kid. I was it when I was a kid. I actually lost the top layer of skin on my leg. I mean, I, I I've been through. I've never for a short period of time that it affected me felt that way. I mean, the fatigue factor was terrible during the during the you know the, the two weeks that I had it. I mean, you get up, you, you hustle for three hours, and you sit down and absolutely not out. Like, don't even remember. Like, it's not like, you know, and I'm not somebody who sleeps a lot anyway. You know, if I average four hours of sleep a night for 25 years, I'm lucky. <laughs> okay. So this just wipes you out. And the fatigue factor, it was just, and I, I just went, you know, and God, you know, uh, willing it continues, but I had tested my lungs and my heart and all the things after the fact, because it hit me so bad, you know, and, uh, and I tested positive for it, you know, a few weeks after. So it just didn't leave the system. It was, a, it, was a, it was a heavy dose of viral, you know, COVID. So, um, But, again, when you experience that, you know the old joke, they said you're liberal until you get mugged and then you become a conservative on policing issues. Let me tell you, anybody who, you know, you know thought that this was something that was just like a flu, you know, you don't need to wear, wear a mask. Well, if you had what I had, okay, you'd probably be walking around in a space helmet today. You know, it's uh it was pretty bad. And thank God, you know, Celia was able to avoid and I'm going to tell you, the little things like vitamin D, vitamin C, the melatonin, the pepsin, all the things that they recommend, these were all items that Celia has been on in her normal care, trying to bounce back from her her, her issue. And it and I believe that a lot of this had been in her system for a long period of time, helped her. You know, to protect the lungs and to protect some of, but, you know, people will tell you, you know, multivitamins and, and lots of fluid and, of course, rest. And, and in some cases, it just knocks you off. But I'm also proud to say that the construction industry continued to stay safe. You know, we were attacked just like every other family and every other organization has been. But, you know, we've done such a nice job and our partnership, you know, in most cases, starting with the GBCA and our friends at Nika has been great. You know, there are two contractor associations, and the guys have went out of their way to make sure we had all the things that we needed, and a couple of the business agents of the building trades, you know, Freddie Casenza and uh, Butchie Bennett have been fabulous at responding, and we have a kid by the name of Mark Lynch who's dedicated just to safety, has done a fabulous job of addressing these issues and making sure people play by the rules, and, and the construction industry, you know, we work through it. You know, I've had multiple conversations about the construction industry and COVID with Governor Wolf. I've had many conversations with Mayor Kenny about it. And, you know, the promises and commitments we made to them, we lived up to. You know, in some cases, I, I, I've explained on this show, you know, the details. We even went to, you know, electronic devices that would, you know, let us know when we got within six to eight feet of people, things like that on our hard hats. I mean, it, it's serious. I'm glad we took all the steps, haven't experienced that now. Now we're going go to go a step farther. You know, in the last week or two, I had, you know, the steam fitters, the roofers, the asbestos workers, the sheet metal workers on Delaware Avenue. They've all volunteered not only their union halls, but their resources to make sure that these places, you know, distribute vaccines. You know, we have people that set up not only the convention center in hope voting process, but we also set up the vaccine, you know, uh, process that they have down there now. So we have our hands in every which way. And uh, my goal is to make sure that whatever I can do to make sure we have enough vaccine in the region as well as get it out in a timely fashion. And I want to make sure, obviously, I want to I make sure that the first responders and, and our seniors get it first, you know, but I like that, you know, the people in the construction industry, in, in most cases, people don't understand, you know, we're, we, we are essential workers because we work in a lot of these facilities. Like I said, we worked in, you know, we set the layer course center up. When, when we made it a temporary hospital months ago, seems like years ago. You know, we set up the convention center. We we work by to make sure that the generators and the lights and all the power is on. All these hospitals and pharmaceuticals, we're the people that are working inside there. We do 99% of the construction and maintenance inside the pharmaceutical facilities in this region. We have a lot of them, and it's growing. The Navy Yard, keep your eye on the Navy Yard. It's a growing pharmaceutical mecca. Now, the Philadelphia Navy Yard. You know, you have some people down there, you have a, a gentleman by the name of Katuso who's, you know, specializes in that. And he's doing a tremendous amount of development down there. You know, so a lot of good, a lot of good things happening in the region, you know, out of a bad situation. And again, I am telling you, you do not want it. And it's still out there. And if you haven't had it and you don't have your vaccination yet, please wear a mask. Please keep a distance. Please don't be forced. Don't, you know, gatherings outside, there's still a lot of years left. You know, I, I it drives me crazy. You know, everybody knows I love my dad. I, I took my dad everywhere with me, you know, and uh, you know, my dad is, you know, he's a benefit to the union movement. I gotta tell you, both you guys know my dad. I sure. mean, he he, 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 Joe, he, you know, he's got, he wears everybody's clothing. He just don't wear local ninety eight clothing. <laughs> on any given day, you could find him with a 420 t-shirt on, you know, or a local 30 jacket. It does, that's just what he does, you know? Yeah. And you know, I worry. I, you know, I, I hate at his age. This basic year's been a pass. You know, he was accustomed to you know wandering down either with me or by himself down to a Phillies game. You know, he's accustomed to walking down and watch the little kids play. You know, I mean, I hate to see. You know, this year's been taken away from a lot of people. Sure, sure. Okay, but let's make it. Let's make it. Okay, worth the year lost by making sure that people stay safe, get the vaccines, and go back to living a normal life in a short period of time.
3: John Doherty joining us here on The Labor Show with J. Dock and Krause. We'll take our first commercial break. A lot of ground to cover with John Doherty back in a moment.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-Labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
3: And back here live on the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause on a Saturday night, an early edition here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, visiting with John Dockerty. And before uh, we get out of here at the top of the ou- at the top of the hour, Jay Doc, I'll uh i'll pose a question to john doherty about his good friend andy reed and see what he thinks about the nfl yeah, playoffs our super bowl representatives will be decided but leave that for the very uh end of the show all right we'll do we'll talk football you got it. Uh, at least 90 seconds so i get of to football. talk about the labor
4: stuff and you get to talk about that, this I,
3: that's okay with me i get it tonight. i get it
4: so so john um With the the Biden administration now firmly implanted, um, I know you are in communication with Senator Bob Casey and Congressman Brendan Boyle about reestablishing union dues as tax deductible within the federal tax code. Tell us more about that.
2: Well, we've been in contact with everyone since it was taken out. We actually had a meeting up on North Broad Street with the Labor Union in which Senator Casey joined us early one morning and made a strong commitment to it. And there's, right, as we know, and I have to let you know, Joe, it's funny that you bring it up today because I send a correspondence out to the local 98 members, and I do that to stay in touch, you know, because it's difficult to have union meetings on their, the rules and rights that we have in not only the city and the Commonwealth. So I try to, you know, send many out. And I've, I've said that, you know, I've been on it since it was taken off on behalf of not only Philadelphia, okay, and the Philadelphia Building Trades, but all the workers. It affects the police and firefighters. It affects everybody. First response, it affects everyone. In our specific case, as you know, being a tradesman, okay, in most cases it, it affects, you know, there's, there was some fashion of deductibility out of not only the dues process, but the clothing and the tools and things like that. Sure. And it was, it, was, it was the one real, uh, I guess, tax break that working people got. Because, you know, we guys work in periods of time, uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, I mean, if you catch a six-day-a-week job that works 12 hours a day, you take it. Our industry, we always take a little job to work ourselves out of it. There's never a job at the end of the day. There are very few jobs in, a, in the construction industry that, you know, go beyond, you know, uh, a, a set period of time. It might be if you're lucky, you catch the job at a casino. In the meantime, you might have caught three small restaurants, in the, you know, and you work yourself out of the job. Absolutely. So, so it's always been, it's always been for me that, you know, whatever break I can give our, you know, our families, you know, I do. So I really have never got off this. And Senator Casey actually responded to myself and one or two lobbyists, like Oscar, who's a friend of most of you guys and myself are on this today. I mean, he's in communication with Yellen. Okay who's now in Biden's most recent appointment, uh, who kind of controls the economic world there, about the next tax policy. And we need this in there. And I will not stop until it's over. Today we set up a couple new websites, I've been in communication with our good friends, you know, the, the national building trade, Sean McGarvey, who's, you know, homegrown Philadelphia talent. I've been in contact with Richie Trumka. Uh, you know, when everybody has the PRO and the GROW Act and everything's their high priority, and, and, you know, they're organizing tools, things that give us the ability to organize workers better. But that is something that we'll be able to get guaranteed. This is something we we'll gonna have to work at. And I want to make sure, and the early, early signs that I get from the administration – why they support our issues? And in that memo I post, I sent out to the guys, I said it was like I sent one out like the night before, two nights before the Georgia Senate elections. And I said that, you know, no matter who wins, I will be down DC or in the phone, you know, on the phone tracking down our supporters. But if the two Democrats win, you know, I was hoping, okay, that this would become a reality in a quicker fashion than, than normally expected. But Senator Casey responded on a Saturday today. Like Oscar and myself have been all over it. I was in touch with some high-tech people. I was in touch with another friend of yours, Frank Keel, about uh-huh. how we want to you know, get a few more people. Actually, Monday morning, for, we're going to get Frank Sunday off, but uh, I'm going to watch some <laughs> football. But Monday, Monday morning, we're going to get back together on uh, making sure that across the country, through the IBW, through the national building trades, through the, the local paddling, you of know, Philadelphia AFL CIO. This is a significant okay piece of legislation for all of us. It's something that labor families see, you know, and it's not fifteen hundred dollars. This could be six, eight, ten, 15000 dollars for some families and a lump sum tax deduction. You know, so it's something that we're gonna get done. You know, you've never heard me be this confident. It's not arrogance. I'm just, you know, I'm passionate about it. It's something that everybody sees, our first responders, our essential construction workers, and it's something, book it. I will be back, and, I, you know, I don't have the capabilities of doing it myself, so it's going to be a team effort. You know, I'm just going to make sure that I keep keep it from the top of the Philadelphia building phase as the number one issue and doesn't get sidetracked for somebody else's number one issue, and I want to make sure – We've had a strong ally in Senator Casey. He has adopted this from day number one. And again, if I, you know, I'm not at liberty to share, you know, the, the actual uh, pieces of information we were exchanging today, but I believe that this is, he is really on top of this. And then, of course, we got our good friend, Brandon Boyle, who has, you know, become a uh, media darling, you know, mm-hmm. during these, you know, terrible times uh, because he's articulate and he understands you know, every time he's on TV, it's easy to see that, you know, that labor side of him coming out. The fact that, you know, he's super proud that his dad came here from Ireland and basically had a laborer's job his whole life. And now he has two boys in an elected office who represent working people every day of their lives. So, you know, I, I can't see how we lose with Senator Casey being our champion and, you know, Brendan Boyle, you know, right behind him. And that's a big issue. And it's a real big issue. And then you guys asked me earlier about the Biden administration, and I touched base on COVID. But he's done a couple of significant things right out of the box. You know, he appointed, okay, the Department of Labor head is now a gentleman by the name of Marty Walsh, who was the mayor of Boston. But people don't know that the job I have in Philadelphia, he had in Boston as the head of the building trades and the construction industry. Yep. But he also was the business manager of a labor union. And he's extremely close with, you know, like the Labor union in town with Sam Staden and Ryan Boyer. They all know, you know, Mayor Walsh. And he's also a really good ally of Mayor Kennedy. You know, so uh, he is now going to be there, and he'll understand, you know, that working people. He'll understand the issue. And then I also believe that the number two person who falls in his department, but is an, ind- you know, in his own right, is uh, someone closely associated with the steel workers who will be handling OSHA. So you have another, you know, worker from the construction industry who will understand the need for safety. You know, and then the last cycle or two, I mean, you know, the, the Trump administration did away with a lot of the safety nets. And some of the people he had in place at the NLRB, the one guy who refused to step down, you know, when the new president came in, right. you know, Biden did, Biden did uh, something that you just don't see in politics. He fired his ass. Yeah. Peter, so, so he's gone. Yep. He's gone. Rob's gone. And, uh, you know, let the courts handle it somewhere along the line. But basically the message he said was, Hey, listen, you're not going to run that place like a sweatshop anymore. You know, and if you, if you heard what the president said and, and I've known him for quite a few years and I always tell people, I sat next to him at John street's inauguration at the convention center because at the time, Sealy had just come out of another brain procedure and they were in conversation about, and he was the, you know, the number one Senator in the region and the Senator from Delaware, but also, you know, everybody kind of thought he was the Senator from Pennsylvania too. You know, he was just a good guy. And he sat with Sealy for a better part of an hour, just talking about her issues and some expectations. Cause most people forget that he had some serious brain surgery himself, you know, and he's brought that type of luck his. The, the, you know, the people who want to critique will talk about age and things like that. But, you know, there does come a little bit of wisdom. I know I'm smarter today at 60 than I was at 40. And it's not because I'm book smarter. It's just that from experiences and you don't overreact and you let people, you know, voice themselves. And, and watching him, one of the things he did early was when he was walking through the White House. And he said that if he finds anybody in the White House who was talking down to anyone else, okay, or basically talking quote unquote out of school, he would fire them. So that's just nice to have, you know, someone in position who not only, you know, at the Department of Labor, not only at OSHA, not only at the NLRB, and all these things that you know really affect us. Okay, in the working industry, the construction industry, but just in general I mean, you know, he, he's, he, he wants to talk about decency, respect, and honor, a, you know, a day's work. That's a good thing for us. You know, it's something, you know, that I'm not sure we've, we've had in my lifetime. I don't know. And look, you know, we've had some good friends in the White House. But if you honestly asked some of our friends, and you know this, Joe, if you asked, you know, Democrats have a tendency to be really good, you know, or better. In 99% of the cases, you know, people always say, "Give me my worst Democrat over my best Republican." Okay, from that from that process. But if you take a look at the history, okay, people kind of give us, you know, the sleeves and a vest. They kind of say, "Okay, we'll give you this appointment, we'll give you that." Then they don't give us any enforcement. The early signs from President Biden is that he's going to give us the walls. He's not going to do our job. He's just going to give us the rules back to do our job ourselves, and he's going to enforce them. That's all we need. We've got some really smart people. I told you a ton of times, the leadership in the Philadelphia building trades, I don't want to miss anybody, but we can rattle off names, a lot of changes, a lot of young guys, you know, a lot of this construction industry is doing so well. Like Local 98, I, I, I said this in the last two weeks in, you know, pieces that I converse with the members did over, in the Philadelphia region, did over 4 million hours of work last year. That's not even total hours in yet. Okay, that's through, you know, November. That That's just in this Philly and just outside a little bit. You know, we, we're still going to do, you know, a couple million in the suburbs and, and up in 98 North, but over 4 million hours in this region.
6: Awesome. And
2: the, the one, you know, we have multiple pension funds but the one which is solely the member's money. It's a deferred income program. Okay. it's only been in place for a couple, I mean, a couple decades, not 50 years. It's only been in place for say 30 years. Okay. It basically parallels my administration. Uh, it went over $1 billion last month on spring. Wow. Ridge. That's wow. a billion Unbelievable. with a B. That's the membership money. And we also made money available, you know, people who had this diverted income, you know, we were able, you know, after getting account and legal reviews, we were able to make $50,000 of their savings available to help them through the last year, uh, the terrible year that it was. Even though we were able to maintain work, there were still people, you know, that when you had COVID or your family had COVID or you had to homeschool your children and your wife had to quit or something, it was able to help them supplement their normal lifestyle. So even with the COVID reductions, Okay, so I sent him. We have a we have a president. His name is Brian Barrows. He's he's really good with money. He's really good with his own, and he's even better with ours. And uh, listen, it's something that I'm, you know, me. I'm always. I never paid attention to money, and it never really mattered. You know, I always. I, I don't. I didn't even know my bank accounts. them. you know, so he got my check. That was it. And the local the guys who run the funds were mine. So I just you know I never really cared, but this guy has done a fabulous job, and I thank him. And every trustee we had, both management and labor, you know, our guys worked real hard to continue to let us know that that was something we needed to do. So now we have $1 billion with a B in this one fund up on Spring Garden Street. As we so go to the, the break. In the neighbor, so, hey, so can I just say, for all the bandits in the neighborhood, we literally don't have like a billion dollars in the building. <laughs> okay. So just put that out
3: there, okay? As we go to the break, here on Talk Radio 1210
0: WPHT. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420.
2: We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working.
3: And as we come back to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, we mentioned it in hour number one. Uh, you heard a promotional spot uh, in that last commercial break uh, for uh, the best event, fundraising event, ever produced, held, generated in the city of Philadelphia uh, on the calendar to return Sunday, April 18th. That's the All-Star Labor Classic. Keep it here as we continue uh, to bring everybody updates about uh, the All-Star Labor Classic right now on the calendar for Sunday, April 18th at Germantown Academy uh, in Fort Washington, which is in Montgomery County. uh, And, Jay Doc, I am excited uh, to... um, prepare uh, to be part of that event. It was uh, postponed because of the pandemic in 2020, but uh, glad to see it on the docket for Absolutely. 2021. Absolutely.
4: One of the great events of the year. Be great. So uh, great. Uh, the, the, uh, and great and, event. And, and, and no doubt. having John Doherty on,
3: obviously, is such a
4: champion. Pat uh, you know, all of our labor leaders throughout the city of Philadelphia,
3: passionate, raised tons of money. 100% of the money, every penny raised J doc is donated to that charity the check is presented on that day and it's we're going to be
4: doing plenty a, a lot of shows oh yeah up absolutely so, no doubt before it. we get into that john i want to I want to um, talk about something that I know is very important to you and you've been dealing with it for a long time and that's the the topic of worker misclassification. I know you guys supported Jack Stolmeyer, uh, for district uh, attorney in Delaware County in part because he vowed to crack down on that on the crime of worker misclassification uh, Would you talk about that what it is and what type of abuse it is?
6: Well
2: it's funny. We just didn't support him because he was actually in a very good race with a very good candidate on the Republican side, okay? And she was the incumbent district attorney, and she did a nice job, and she was aggressive. But in our area, it really never got any attention. And I, at the district attorney of Delco now, Jack and myself, we sat on the Delaware River Port Authority Board together for a little bit. And I could pick up what a smart guy and aggressive guy he was. And he understood the issues. Like there's many issues where people, you know, it happens all the time. You know, uh, you go after the top issue that draws the most attention, but it's probably not the most effective issue that's being discussed. And I always noticed that Jack was good at that. So during the, you know, the election process, I always tell people, I don't care what it is. If they ask me what I need for a project, I tell them whatever resources you can put toward a project, just make sure the project's shovel-ready. And I always tell our elected officials, I don't call them for anything other than jobs. Okay? You know, it's something that, and everybody will tell you that. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm calling, you know, a, a political person or, you know, an owner. or It doesn't matter. It's always about trying to get a job to be good with us. I've been doing it for 30 years this way. And Jack was such a breath of fresh air because not only did he understand what we were talking about when he was campaigning, but he told us he would do it. And he did it right out of the box, you know. And, uh, you know, it was a drywall finishing company. He went after it. It was for misclassification. You know, it opened up the floodgates. You know, I've had, I've had maybe 10 cases sitting around in Montgomery County. I've had five or six cases sitting around in Philadelphia. We've had to go file, you know, Federal False Claims Act on our own. We actually partnered with the government while we couldn't get local officials to adopt an investigation. And I have to tell you, you know, don't think that uh, when you go after this, a lot of these people are people that have associations with, you know, not only gangs and and organized crime, but just bad people. It's It's just not the guy who wanders into town you know, with a handful of cash and says this is the way we're going to build, you know, these $400,000 houses across the street from the Masonic Temple. Okay. It, the, these, or these uh, uh, the other church up, you know, on 18th Street, them houses, you know, I mean, there's an awful lot of underground economy going on right there. Right now, back, and they're selling these houses for a million five, two, two million. $2 I mean, they're ridiculous. This is running rampant everywhere. I mean, we've had that we've
4: had it we've we've had so many non-union contractors in the city of philadelphia running around make you know having their workers calling them subcontractors so they don't have to pay them benefits i mean it's as now you got to be in at eight seven o'clock in the morning you get the same work break you got all these things that that employees are supposed you know are are you know classified to have and yet mm-hmm. they're calling them subcontractors so they can save on giving them benefits.
2: It's absolutely Joe, Joe, let me, ridiculous. Let, Joe, let me tell you. There's a couple jobs, okay? I handed over somewhere, in fact, with a gentleman by the name of Brian Grady, who was the lawyer representing the building trades at this time on the specific issue. We handed over to every aspect of government, okay, from the federal government to the local government. Somewhere between 8 and 12 boxes. Talking about buying green cards. Talking about, we had video of people leaving the job when OSHA landed on the job. We had, we had buckets. We put out a film about one specific job of buckets of urine. I saw and then, it. We put, you know, bottles being filled with urine being put behind drywall. Okay? And they never responded. And people said to me, and even friends, people I knew and said, hey look, it costs way too much money for a little return. And I said, you're missing the point. Because everybody's looking for a headline. Everybody's looking for what do we get out of this? And a fine, because over the years no one's ever paid attention to it, a fine for a bad action might only be thirty thousand dollars or something like that. Or a disqualification. And everybody says, well, you know, why disqualify somebody because it's only going to get overturned in one of the, you know, the appeals courts. And we're saying we'll change the laws and go after everybody and create a, a problem. And also sue them for the taxes or mandate their taxes. You know, we I mean, from the simplest thing, you know, down at the Piazza, they didn't pull permits on the crane. Okay, L&I inspectors, uh, one confronted with it, call out sick for the next couple days. The city of Philadelphia has to put their own department under review now. Okay, what's that tell you? Something's wrong there. Mm-hmm. not calling permits and licenses. They're costing you fees. Had it probably, if you look at that real thoroughly, the guy who's probably running it probably isn't getting the same area of wage and standard. That's costing you money.
4: I, and, John, let me just say something real quick. Let's talk about the actual workers that are actually be taking, being taken advantage of. I mean, you mentioned something. By the way, I saw that movie that you created, and it was as, as, as shocking as they come. And let me just say this. If the people without, you know, you stand out there talk about, um, uh, you know, peeing in a bottle. Now, let's let's just not go through, past that like it's just, you know, uh, one of the facts of um, one of the abuses. That's because they didn't have Johnny on the spots. They didn't have anywhere else to go. And they weren't allowed to go yeah, anywhere else. They
2: weren't allowed to. Listen. It was a group, it's a video, okay, it's been posted, it's around. It never got any legal action from the person we posted. What that tell you? They never wanted to go to court about that. Okay, it's the Post Brothers, we know who we're talking about. It's a, it's a video. They. The people who worked on the site were not allowed to leave the site. Most of them didn't speak English. So if you're not allowed to leave the floor, and you have to... Relieve yourself either at a fife, a tape bucket, or an empty water bottle. Okay? The odds are, if, if you can't do that, the odds are you're not playing by any of the other rules. Because that's just flat out wrong. That's just disgusting. That's not union or non-union. That's non-human.
4: That's Exactly. That's just, mm-hmm.
2: Okay? That's like a foreign country 100 years ago. Exactly. Okay. And that, occurs, that occurs. So that a boy to the district attorney in Delaware County, I have delivered one memo after another since then. We're going to be delivering boxes. I am actually hiring a attorney. He's going to be moving in at local 98, a new attorney, okay, on Monday, whose sole purpose is going to be now making sure that every one of these underground economy cases not only get the attention it's due, but eventually get the results. And the back pay. There's a couple we have. There's a case against Farfield construction. You know, I'll make sure you guys get copies of it. You know, people are going to get back pay. But we had to file federal force claim type legal action to get it. When, when we should just have, it should just be part of, you know, almost as simple as giving people a parking ticket. Only the, the seriousness of the crime should be addressed, you know, at that level. But thank God for the district attorney, and I think we're going to start to see. We, we, we you know, the uh, attorney general has uh, Josh has a good has a good group of people. He has a person in his office, Nancy Walker, understands the issues, and you know uh, the mayor had uh, you know the city solicitor was moving in the right direction. He has since left, you know, and uh, and then again the mayor has has in the last few weeks you know has has understood that this stuff's laying dormant in his administration. There's too much money there and too many people are being abused. And I believe that it will be, you know, by the time you get to, you know, we get past this COVID, you know, we get the vaccines out. And I believe by you know, 2022, the underground economy will be on the front page. People will go to jail. People will pay significant fines. People lose their their licenses as well as their business. Okay. We haven't had anybody act on like the district attorney did since Ernie Priet. So for, you know, and that's aging a lot of us by mentioning that name. He's the last person that paid attention to locking somebody up for cheating people of their entitled benefit.
3: John Doherty joining us here on The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause, our final commercial break, and then back with John on the other side. Back in a moment.
0: Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are brought to you by IBEW Local 98, DC 33, Local 1637, District 1199-C, and News Guild 10.
3: Back here live on The Labor Show with Doc and Krause here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, our final uh, segment uh, with John Doherty. Um, It's going to go quick, and I want to make sure I ask him about... The Eagles' new head coach, Jay doc So, save me a few minutes. I
4: Hey, so John, little shout out to to Tanner Rouse, a good friend of the programs. He just hit me up with a text, and he's he's listening into the broadcast. And uh, glad you guys like what we're doing out here in Delaware County, standing up for for workers. So, uh, great stuff, huh, my friend?
2: Hey, I have to tell you, we have a I have a, a lawyer over at Local ninety eight. His name's Jack O'Neill. Jack. Okay, him and Tanner. Ty- Okay, Jack is, yeah, I joke with him, and he's probably listening, Jack and Tanner are cut from the same cloth. They, got, they wear the navy blue suits, the white shirt, and what they do for relaxation is take the powder blue tie off and you know, sit down with the navy blue suit and the white shirt with the collar open. Okay, they're both textbook, uh, they're DAs at heart, uh, but they're, they understand, and they have both been great additions Jack does a wonderful job over at Local 98, but he's also the pseudo guy for the building trades on any any technical issues, you know, re- relating to this. And Tanner is now in a position where he understands this. And Jack and him can talk about, you know, we finally have people in place that now understand that it's not okay to pay cash, okay? And at the end, no matter how you pay somebody, you got to pay taxes on it, you know, and things like that. So it's 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 good to have them. Tanner's a great guy. We're looking forward to big things from him. You know, he's going to wind up in, you know, in a life at office someday. He's, he's really talented. And again, Jack, it's a shame Jack wasn't our district attorney. It would be less people dead in Philadelphia if he was.
4: Absolutely. Having said that, John, um, I, uh, you know, we've we've touched on a lot of issues. Now let's end with a little bit of fun. Uh, I'm
3: I, From you want what I, I talk about, your good friend Andy Reid uh, going to another Super Bowl, or you want to give me a comment, uh, John, on Nick Sirianni, your choice, brother. Or if you can hey, get them I, both in, I'll take them both.
2: Hey, I, I want to thank you again, too, Joe. Before we we get off, you know, you call me later this or earlier this week. You know, just general conversation, you and I. It'll never go noted, but he, just so you know, Joe, Krause calls me. Just, he just got done dropping off another 130 codes to some people because it was going to be an up 20 degrees and, and he had he had more coats and more people requiring them. He never stops that guy, and you'd never see it. It's just not around Christmas time. It's just not when the cameras are running. Joe Krause does a lot of good things for a lot of people, and it's a pleasure to be with him. And all these other people that sponsor this stuff, they're all good people, from Jimmy Stevenson to Eddie Mooney, they're all good people. But uh, don't forget, you know, the head coach of the uh, Buffalo Bills, I'm pretty sure he played football, when he, he's from North Penn. You know, so so you got a North Penn guy, even Oma preppy. You got a North Penn guy from a good football program. You got Andy Reid, who had ties to the prep. That's where his boys went uh, when he was around town. Uh, You know, I I think it's going to be a good game. How about this? I'm going to say that Andy doesn't go back to the Super Bowl. I'm picking (sighs) the Bills. You know, how's that? I would love to see the
4: Bills. I would love to see the Bills win one, man. I mean, they've been.
2: I think. I think you're going to get a little change there. And uh, and then you're going to get a uh, you're going to get a uh, you know I think Green Bay you know I mean everybody's on Tampa Bay everybody wants to see Tom Brady go back three three road wins and then going back to Tampa play to play in his own field I just think that you know I watched Green Bay the last few weeks they got better as the year went on you know I think they're going to run the ball I think that uh, it's going to be a great game and if you guys don't mind I sidetrack for two minutes we're trying to you know I talk about pharmaceuticals I'm also looking to create a gaming mecca in Philadelphia. You know, there's FanDuel and DraftKings and a couple other places. And I had conversation with a few guys who were looking to do, you know, some gaming establishments. And one being the CEO of the company is Mark Rayfield, who used to be involved with this station. So he's he's uh, tied in with a really good F&B guy, which is food and beverage guy, very prominent. I don't, I'm not allowed to say it yet, or at least I don't think I am. But I'm talking to these guys about putting these things in. Not only are they good... So if the building trades work, but a tremendous amount of work for local 98. So I was talking to them the other day. So they have, of course, they have a, you know, high-tech guy who's also their gaming guy. So before we were leaving, I said to him, I said to him, hey, who do you guys like? laughing, you know, and then he said to me, he said, oh, it's already over. I said, what do you mean? He said, the smart people bet Tampa Bay with the four-and-a-half. Nobody cares anymore. You ain't going to see that number. Like,
6: I mean,
2: it's just like, <laughs> like business. you know. Like, me and you, we're going to sweat this out. We're going to wait. You know, who, the guys that do it for money, you know, I, I usually, you know, uh, wait to see uh, who, who I know in the game, and that's who I cheer for. You know, I know that's the way we always grow up. So, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking for Green Bay against the smart people who already like Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I, I like Green Bay and Buffalo, and uh, I think it'll be a great Super Bowl, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, somebody different wins. So,
3: Great well, stuff. Go ahead, Jody. I was
4: going to say, any, any, uh, any ideas uh, or insight on the new coach for, uh, for the Eagles?
2: No, it's funny. Uh, it caught me completely off guard. And I know you, Joe Krause, you live in the same world I do. Where we're always talking to somebody, you know, in the media or something like that. And this caught everybody off guard. You know, everybody thought that, you know, it's a shame that he's going to be labeled with this. They just thought that, you know, it was a Howie Roseman, you know, Jeff Lurie move where they can tell him what to do. You know, and a lot of people, when he came here, mentioned that they thought he was going to bring, you know, uh, the kid who's the rising star from the Canadian Football League, who was also part of the Frank Reich uh, Giuliani, uh, this this guy's, uh, the new coach's team. But he wound up replacing him down in, the Colt land, so he's not coming up here. So I don't have any clue. I don't know who the defensive coordinators are going to be. I don't know who the offensive coordinators be. Uh, a friend of ours, Joe, told me today they thought it was the offensive coordinator might be the uh, Dace, the former head coach of the Jets. I don't know. I'm caught I'm off guard. You know, I'll be I'll be paying attention like everybody else. I don't have any inside baseball or inside football. It's, I, I just don't know. And uh, all I know is we have got a high draft pick. Let's make sure we get the right guy. If the kid from Alabama is around, we got to take him. I've never seen a receiver like him in my life. He's amazing, you know. And they, they some say he's going to be available. That would be a, that would be good. And you know, it looks like uh, we're going to have a you know try to rehabilitate Carson Wentz, and uh, and then it'll be di- it'll be different to see how this guy handles the team. When you probably already have people who like Wentz and like hurts, so we'll be split up.
3: I'll say this as we say goodbye to John Doherty. J. Doc, when Andy Reid came to the Philadelphia Eagles, he was 40 years old, and that was back in 1999. Nick Sirianni, wow. perhaps, will have the same path as Andy Reid. We will see. Special thanks to John Doherty for joining us for the full hour. Doc, great stuff, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you, but, Doc. On behalf of J. Doc, on behalf of John Doherty, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.
0: This edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management.